Yo, what is good? High performers, camp believers. Welcome to another episode of the Can't Believe I Made It podcast. It is your boy Des here with a Rituals for Resilience Friday episode. I'm coming back into the swing of things, and I think what is really important and what is extremely relative to some of the conversations that I'm having is this idea of what it actually takes to form a habit or to form rituals that you feel really proud of. Now, with a lot of us, we're kind of stepping into a different season, right? So summer's about to be over. School's about to start for all our parents out there. And so shout out to parents. There's really no break. There's really no such thing as summer break. And then for those of us who don't have kids, who are working within a different season of life, career-wise or emotionally, or even really just seeing yourself through some sort of self-development journey, it's inevitable that these seasons are going to come up. And I start to pot off this way because, as you know, family and I are extremely grateful for the opportunity to go to Oregon for the summer to try to escape the heat, only to come back. You've already heard me complain about this with how hot it is here in Arizona. But as I was coming back, I noticed that over the past two months or so that I didn't have the environment that I've been used to this whole time, right? And and you know that there's a synonymous working relationship of the pillars that we're constantly talking about. So how you sleep, how you move, how you eat, and then how you think, right? There's really no rigidity of only a focus on sleep because we know that if you're able to focus on sleep, we also know that it's going to have a tremendous input on how you think. And we know that if that's the case and how you think is going to have a tremendous input on your willpower and also your motivation to go out and move and to go out and eat. And so there's a synonymous work and relationship within all of this. And I was having some really phenomenal conversations with some of our listeners. You know, some of them are stepping into very new seasons in their life, either caring for a family member or really in a lot of ways having a close one uh, pass. And so. I was thinking to myself and, you know, talking with past clients as well as they're sort of seeing their way through a year removed from our programs, just how they're doing. And I think one thing that is extremely evident is that if you're able to create some sort of foundation, your body has a, a great deal of muscle memory, right? Your brain has a muscle memory of, oh, we've done this before. We remember this feeling really good. Let's go ahead and make sure that we etch out our environment in a way that is going to help us. And so as I was coming back to this and, and noticing that as I get back into the swing of things that I'm going to do this imperfectly. And, you know, if we look to the science of behavioral change, you know, what does the science say? Because even in my brain, like I know that there's a foundation there, but getting back into the method of strength training again. And so like for me, I had taken a kettlebell up there and it was mainly just kettlebell work. You know, it wasn't something that I was used to. I didn't have my garage gym what I had for me was, all right, how can I move? I'm going to go play basketball almost every day. You know, how can I create strength? I'm going to utilize some of these kettlebell workouts and how can I get my walks in? And even just with the, the weird, and it wasn't really a time change because for those of you who are in the Pacific Northwest, you know that the sun around the time isn't going down until 930 or 10. So I can tell you very vividly that my sleep routine got rocked. And so coming back into it, I was like, okay, I understand what I need to do. And I understand the powerful push of working at these small things each and every day. But how can I get my listeners on board with the idea of merely just getting started and trusting yourself in the process? And so I took a dive into some of the research. And what I found was, and this is actually pretty relative to what happens when we look at creating habits, there were some studies done on flossing, right? So for any of us out there who, has, who, has, who struggles with flossing every day, 
My dentist will tell you right now that I am one of those people. I am continuing to work on it. But after reading through this study, it makes a whole lot of sense. And it's actually something that I'm going to start implementing into my morning routine. And so what they did inside of the study is it was an exp exploratory study on the psych psychological determinants of habit formation as it pertains to forming a flossing habit. And so what they did back in 2013 is they took 50 participants and they split them up into two groups. One group they took, they're like, okay, we're going to, for both groups rather, they started with, let, let's go ahead and instill some motivational information around why you should be doing this. And this is pretty relative to our lives, right? And so for any of us who have had an opportunity to work with a coach like myself or work with a mentor like myself, you know that just instilling that knowledge and just instilling these methods and systems of accountability are massively huge because it helps you to kind of get over, get out of your own way and to instill some systems that are going to work for you, right? So they provided them with some sort of foundation, both groups, and then they split the, the two groups up into, okay, group number one, we're going we're gonna to have you floss before you brush your teeth, okay? We're going to study this over four weeks, and after four weeks, we're going to come back eight months later to see if you've been able to sustain these changes. Group two, we're going to go ahead and have you floss your teeth after you brush your teeth. And we're going to do the same thing. We're going to study this over four weeks. And then we're going to come back eight months later to see if you've been able to sustain these changes. Now, before we get into how you form a habit, let's go ahead and just dial it back a little bit and understand what it means to create a new habit and understand what is inside of that formula. Right. So a lot of us who have been with me are OGs. You know that we've gone over this, but I think it's a really good refresher. So in, inside of Charles Duhigg's model of the power of habit, each one of our habits or each one of each thing that we take part in has three parts of the scenario or three parts of the formula. So that first thing is going to be that cue. I like to refer to this as almost a noun. You know, the person, place, or thing is going to cue or trigger us to go do some sort of action, right? So that's part two is the actual action or the actual habit. And then from there, we, we also know that every action, what is going to follow is some sort of reward system, right? So for some of us, like myself, who bites their nails, right? I do it to get some sort of relief or I do it just because I'm ADHD and I'm jittering and I just need something to do with my energy, right? So there's some sort of comfort in that reward system. So anything that we're doing is trying to understand not only the formula of how habits are built over time, but also the psychology of why we do what we do. So quick rehash, we have our cue, which is a person, place, thing, or experience, right? Which is going to stem us to go do that action or that habit. And then for every action or habit, what follows is, is some sort of reward system. So let's take that model into this study. And what I thought was extremely relative and I'm actually starting to see now that I'm a week back of into my routines of getting back into the mix is that after eight months, they went back and they were like, okay, what are some of the determinants of people who have been able to successfully sustain their flossing habit? And what they found is inside of just the psychology by itself is that there was actual positive attitudes towards flossing, right? So some, so when we look at just that, that statement right there, whether it is you getting yourself out for a walk just to get started, or you attending a workout class, right? Or merely you reaching out for a therapist appointment. It's merely just getting started and creating some sort of positivity around what that reward might look like in the future. For a lot of us, we kind of get into our head. 
Is this going to work? Can I sustain this? Is this going to be fun? But sometimes all we really need to do is go out and just go do because we're going to feel that reward. Those endorphins are going to hit and we're going to feel good about what we just did. I know that's extremely relative. So anytime that I go to a yoga class, I'm dreading it before I go. And the second that I'm done, I'm like, wow, this was spot on. It's the same thing with the hike. And in a lot of ways, my camping, my family and I have taken up camping and the whole process getting there. I'm like, God, this is fucking horrible. But as we're there and as we're experiencing, it's like, all right, this was well worth it. We kind of have to take that, that positive attitude towards maybe jumping into the future of what your body and what your mind is going to feel like after you're done with that one thing that you probably know you should be doing for yourself from the get-go, right? So they found that these people had positive attitudes towards flossing, right? They also found that the people that were able to do this correctly actually had some sort of ground-level formational habits as it pertains to already brushing their teeth. So for those that were already brushing, those are the same types of people that were able to sustain the habit. And what they found out of the, the two groups eight months later is that those that flossed after brushing their teeth actually sustained their habits way more than those that did it beforehand. There's a little ticker in there though about human psychology though. And something that we've actually spoken about a great deal inside of a lot of our episodes. And that is, if you can get to a point where you can create cascading habits, because we know that if you're able to create some positive momentum towards one thing, it's very likely that, once again, if you're really trying to focus on sleeping well, it's very likely that you're going to think and feel much better. It's also very likely that if you're able to think and feel much better, that you're probably seeing the benefits of ongoing movement. And, and when you're seeing the benefits of ongoing movement, you're also probably going to get to a point where you're eating better, right? So it's really synonymous with one another and, and they really work off one another. So to me, the Flossing group that did much better because they, they had already had a foundation of not only brushing their teeth, but seeing the positive benefit of brushing their teeth. And therefore, because they brushed their teeth, that was a cascading habit into merely just flossing. It gives us a lot more information towards the one thing that you need to do if you feel like you're stuck in a rut. And that is, my friends, to merely just to get started. And that might seem so basic, right? And so cliche, like, Des, that sounds great, dude. But like, do you really understand what's going on in my life right now? You know what? I, I probably don't. I can absolutely empathize that life gets really, really hard. And I can empathize with what it feels like to not know where to go and, and what it feels like to be overwhelmed. I can do all that with you. Right. But to your to your extent, I may not understand all of the variables that are going on. But what I do know about filling up your cup, what I do know about taking care of yourself is that it is a powerful, powerful, hard, <laughs> grudging process. But one, my friends, that is so necessary because I can imagine that there have been points in our life where overwhelm hit in set in rather, anxiety boosted, and then we just started coping in ways that we know we probably shouldn't cope. And with a lot of us, we know what that, what that looks like. So on the opposite end, with the big takeaway of today's message of our Rituals for Resilience episode today is merely just, hey, there might be a lot going on, but what's that, that one or that second thing that'll provide you momentum that'll cascade into other things? That one thing 
that is going to help you get restarted, if you will. It could be a walk. It could be getting yourself a support system. It could be reaching out to someone like myself to help you to gain purpose in your life towards that one thing that you need to do for you. Because at the end of the day, all we need to do is merely just to get started because the cascading habits, which is also shown in the study, is going to help us in the long run. I love you, my friends. Happy Friday. Please allow this ritual for resilience to remind you that you are powerful, that you can do any of the things that you set your mind to with the right systems, with the right support, and without some sort of stamp of time. Okay? Things ha beautiful things happen for beautiful people like yourselves. So believe in that aspect. I love y'all. I'll catch you on the next one when we invite one of my dear friends, Ben Mendelson, who threw away his professional baseball working dream into something that he is much more passionate about, which helps us to prove the point that it is okay to pivot when you trust your intuition. Later, y'all.